Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we look at our text and are told about a branch that is there, all of a sudden, we receive a picture that is very well known here in Australia in a particular way. We see it happening almost every year somewhere. A bush fire. Everything is burnt and black. Very dead. Looks hopeless. But after a week or sometimes even a few days, to our amazement and delight, there is a new twig that does grow, gives evidence of new life. Our text speaks about that kind of branch or sprout. In the original, it is the same word that we also read at the beginning of chapter 11, where we are told that there came forth a rod from the stem of Jesse and a branch that grows out of his roots. This morning, your attention is directed in a particular way to this branch, and we first pay attention to the context in which we are told about this branch. In the second place, the glory of this branch, and in the third place, the fruit of this branch. First, the context of this branch, and as has already been indicated, a terrible context. The church, Israel as a nation and a people of God, appear to be entirely broken and destroyed. At this time, the ten tribes have already been taken into captivity by Assyria. And through various prophets, including this one, Isaiah, the Lord warns that the same thing will be happening to Judah and Jerusalem. They have been no better than their faithless sister, Samaria. The enemies are at the door, and the Lord emphasizes how he will execute judgment on them as his people. He says that he will take away, in the passage that we began to read, he takes away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stock and the store. If you 
read this prophecy from its beginning. Already in the very first chapter, the Lord speaks and addresses the children of Jerusalem and Judah concerning the way he will punish them and visit them for their iniquity and sin. The Lord speaks about how he will visit them with judgment and take away the prosperity that they had enjoyed. We may also notice that he describes it in the context of how In a way, they were already lost while enjoying their great prosperity. For they did not live in a righteous and holy way. They did not hold on to who they really were as God's people. Think, for example, of how the Lord addresses them in verse 2. The mighty man and the man of war, the judge and the prophet, which reflects how God has instituted them as his own nation and people with judges and prophets and powerful men. But then we continue to read on. And the diviner and the elder and the captain of 50 and the honorable man and the counselor and the skillful artisan and the expert in chanter, for we notice that this reflects how things had become mixed up among God's people. The prophet is mentioned, but also the diviner. The diviner, he who tries to get some kind of spiritualist message from the heathen gods, The honorable man of the counselor, but what kind of honor is the honorable man given? And who are the counselors and the skillful artisans? Yes, the Lord had appointed skillful artisans when the tabernacle and later the temple were built. But similar artisans were also hired among God's people to make their images of silver and gold, to build the high places, to build the temples of the foreign wives. And the expert enchanter also reflects what the children of Israel really had become. There were rich among them and those who were strong in their wealth. The people were already oppressed. And everyone by another and everyone by his neighbor became careless and did not live in the way the Lord had guided and taught them so that a child is insolent, he is arrogant toward the elder. And the base, yes, those who should, 
show submission to the authorities. They become defiant and no longer do so. It has become so terrible that everything gets out of control. Who wants to serve, for example, today as a police officer because police officer does not get the kind of respect he deserves in his office? Spit upon, defied, abused with words and actions. And when they have to deal with broken homes where parents do not receive the kind of honor that the Lord teaches, who really wants to be a judge? when there are so many restrictions and right judgment can really not be given anymore. There's too much pressure from those that have the power, the wealth, the means, the strength. Indeed, already before the Lord had sent enemies as judgment among his people, foreign enemies. Jerusalem had stumbled and Judah had fallen because of their tongue, like we are told in verse 8, and because of their doings. They provoked the eyes of his glory. When we reflect on how the Lord had addressed his people in this way in the past, we can and have already recognized a certain comparison. And by it, we are also directed to examine what takes place among us. Thinking also of verse 12, As for my people, children are their oppressors. They get that kind of power and are given that kind of position because of all the compromising and all the so-called wisdom beside what the Lord really teaches. The Lord, we are told in verse 13, stands up to plead, stands to judge the people and enters into judgment with them but they do not heed him. They turn away from him. And in the same context, the Lord moreover says to the daughters of Zion, 
the women and ladies who have become haughty. They have everything that they want. They try to attract men with all their dainties. And yes, they embrace them and take hold of them. They make themselves very attractive with the things that they have, their perfume boxes and their charms and rings and nose jewels and their garments. The Lord warns that he will take it all away. Take it all away so that they, out of desperation in the end, will seek just a man by whose name they may be known. Seven women, we are told, trying to take hold of one man in one day. They even offer to take care of their own needs. And it is in this context that the Lord does say, in that day, the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful. In that day. When everything looks hopeless and broken in a particular way among God's people, his own nation, his own children. Yes, we may recognize and realize that this branch is the promised Christ. Like our translation also suggests, by putting an uppercase B on the name branch. We think of that direction because, as has already been mentioned in chapter 11, we're told about the branch that grows from the stem of Jesse. And furthermore, we are told that the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of the knowledge of God. However, we may think a bit further than simply of Christ. For in our text, this branch is mentioned in a more general way. Out of this mess, the Lord will still grant renewal and restoration. We may think of those who do turn to the Lord. For right after our text, we are also told that it shall come to pass in that day, he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. Everyone who is recorded among the living in Jerusalem when the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion. So what is really the point here? point in a particular way is that this is a kind of world into which 
the promised Christ comes. The promised Christ who instills new life among his people. And therefore, even though we may reflect on this context in which the Lord has spoken through his prophet Isaiah, does the Lord not continue to address us by this, his word? Does it not make us reflect again and again on who we are and what we do and how we live? Especially when in this world we do see the kind of things described in this passage continuing to happen and also infecting those that have been gathered together as God's people in the past and as his church. When considering Christianity, last number of decades and even century, there have been many struggles and difficulties a continual turning away again and again. When considering what has happened in the New Testament age, is it not a parallel to how the Lord reveals what happened among his own people and children? Therefore, it remains important for us to recognize that the Lord continues to address us with these words today and continues to confront us with the kind of context in which he had addressed his children in the past. His children in the past that had become so influenced, so compromised, so broken. Yes, and the Lord on top of it, understandably, executing judgment among them so that one really wonders, where is God's people? Where are the children of Abraham? Where are you today, beloved? How enchanted are you with the things of this world and this age and how much have you compromised and lived like them? And how much, like the broken families that we see around us, has it affected us as well? And how much do we still dare to insist this is God's word. This is his message. This is his justice, his truth. You must obey him. How strong are the men in insisting upon holding God's word? And how busy are the wives supporting them in doing so? How often do we undermine 
by various suggestions of kindness and understanding and long-suffering. And indeed, all these things are to be there. But at the same time, all these things can so easily eat away at what the Lord has given to us, his people. And at this time of the year, when we begin again to think about the fact that our Lord Jesus Christ has come into this world, we do well to reflect on it. For his coming into the world still has impact on us, does it not? Notice how our text speaks of how in that day, the day of the Lord, the day that the Lord himself had determined, the branch of the Lord shall be there. The branch of the Lord. God's covenant name is used there. That branch that again grows out of the wrecked brokenness of human life. Brokenness not only of the world, but of God's own people and the church too. In that day, the branch of the Lord, we are told in our text, shall be beautiful and glorious. Beautiful and glorious. When reading this in our text, initially you might wonder how then later on this prophet could speak. Yes, he spoke God's word. Telling us of how he had no comeliness that we should look upon him, but that he came in a very humble way. Indeed, Christ came. Came in the context of our broken condition. But coming in that condition, was his beauty not his integrity, his love for his father, his persistence on obedience, and did that not become his glory as well? I have come to do your will, O God. Was the beauty of his coming not in the fact that he spoke words of comfort and encouragement and hope and new life. Certainly was. Even though he was born in the context of our broken condition. Yes, the beautiful and glorious even though while he was here on earth, the brokenness of his own people and this entire world certainly 
became very strong and reflected in everything that happened concerning him. He came to his own people, but his own did not receive him. He was despised and rejected. He was hated. The church, the own leaders, the council of the Jews condemned him to death. They brought him to Pontius Pilate. They wanted to rid of him. And how can we therefore speak about how the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious? Yes, indeed. We can only speak about his beauty in the context of knowing who he is, knowing his faithfulness, his persistence, his honor, his long-suffering, his willingness to take the curse of our iniquities upon us. Already in the days of Isaiah, the Lord proclaimed that that kind of branch will grow out of the ruins. That kind of branch has and is growing in spite of our continual weakness and brokenness. For indeed, the beauty of that branch is his perfect righteousness and holiness perfect way in which he did not try to circumvent or go around the need for punishment and acknowledgement of guilt. He became one with us in this broken context to take that burden upon himself. The beauty is that he did it and that he remained completely just and holy and perfect. That no sinful word came out of his mouth. He really honored the Lord God as a covenant God, did so perfectly in our place, and for our salvation. Again and again, we may recognize that this branch has an impact on the church. For even though it may appear that the church is broken because of our own weaknesses, because of our own embracing of the things in this world, its own charms and its own perfumes. Really, the beauty of the branch is the new life that becomes evident in this wondrous way. 
beautiful and glorious. Indeed, we may continue to reflect on Christ's work. In the context of reflecting on it, beloved, especially we today who may now live in this New Testament age, embrace that great message that he is the Redeemer and Savior by remaining true and faithful to what the Lord has taught us. Let us therefore together stand as his children, insisting on his commandments and his word, doing his will. Yes, out of thankfulness, because we have failed. And we can never make up for what we have done wrong. He has done so. We may, in faith, be his children. That beautiful name. The branch of the Lord. The branch which gives evidence of the Lord's, the covenant God's continual faithfulness, the promise he's made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that still stands, that stands in spite of our many sins and weaknesses and shortcomings, does it not continually make us humble ourselves before the Lord? Does it not continually make us confess our guilt? Does it not continually make us want to change our walk and way of life so that we really are whom we are? The new life that the Lord grants on this earth. Indeed, the branch is a glorious branch. Christ's work is glorious. We who may know the testimony of his resurrection, the testimony of how he sent his spirit on Pentecost today, may certainly embrace that great blessing with much thankfulness. And therefore, in the third place, we also pay some attention to the fruit of this branch. For is that not the fruit of this branch? That we may be God's people? And notice how it is formulated in our text. The fruit of the earth shall be excellent and appealing for those of Israel who have escaped. For those of Israel who have escaped, who have escaped what? Have escaped the wrath of God. That's clear from the words following our text. For those who have been washed away, washed clean from their filth in his blood. The Lord will then create above every dwelling place in Mount Zion, we are told, and above her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night. Just like when he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. 
So the Lord will continue to guide and direct his people, his own children, that he has bought by his blood. Not again a Moses, but someone greater than Moses. The Lord continues to be among us as his people. Christ as our leader sends the Holy Spirit among us to be God's children. And therefore, we may bear fruits of thankfulness. And those fruits may be excellent because they are washed in his blood so that we may wear garments washed white. That we may be his people to the praise of his name. Let us therefore like through this prophet Isaiah, the Lord had directed his people, us today too, lay aside every ungodly and wicked way. Let us turn away from every temptation and let them not have a place or entrance among us anymore. Yes, we do this again and again. Keep in mind that the Lord did not speak only this word to the children of Jerusalem and Judah at that time. The Lord continues to address you today by this very same word, by the very same word, about the branch, about his deeds for your salvation. Yes, you may hear that word, that message, from the hindsight of knowing Christ and his work for your salvation, for things that are being done in this world today are too gross at times to mention. And too often, that kind of thing creeps in among God's own people, his own children. But the branch... The branch is there, already for you. You may be part of that branch, Christ and his children, those whom he has bought with his blood. Christ indeed is the branch, but you, you along with him may be his people, redeemed for new life for salvation, for holiness, yes, for excellent fruit of thankfulness. Amen.